Hey guys, welcome to Fourth Joy, a podcast seeking to inspire and encourage Christ followers as they engage the world with the gospel. I'm Nathan Garrett, your host, and thanks for joining. Okay, so today we have someone very special on the podcast. We are going to have Bill Schroeder uh, talking with us, and I got to know him and his lovely wife, Darlene, um, in Macedonia at our Team Romania conference, um, let's see, it was about a year ago um, in May. And so um, I will let him kind of share about what his role is with SEND, um, but at, at this point, yeah, just want to ask you, Bill, could you give us a quick look at your life and your ministry? Sure, I'd love to do that, Nathan. It, it's so good to be uh, on this call with you, and we have such good memories of that time, Team Romania conference in Ohrid, and, and then, of course, getting to just journey up and see your family. I think it's almost exactly eight months ago up in, in Romania, and uh, uh, grew to love your very special wife and your kids. Uh, so it's a privilege to be a part of this. Uh, yeah, both Darlene and I are in, I guess, what you'd call fourth quarter of life and ministry. We've been married 43 years and uh, we have two married children and three grandsons. Um, we've spent all of our, our married lives together in, in ministry. And actually years before we got married, uh, we're involved in full-time ministry. So that's been very much a part of our lives. Darlene grew up in a missionary family, actually in Europe. Her family moved there when she was uh, two years old. Uh, her dad, John Parshauer, founded Bibelschule Brache up in, in Germany. And uh, so she grew up in a missionary's kid in Europe. So identifies uh, a lot with, especially uh, you, the missionaries in Europe. Um, Shortly after we got married, in fact, two weeks after we got married, uh, I started a seminary in Chicago at Trinity uh, there for three years. And uh, when we finished with that, we moved out to Western Canada, where uh, we helped pastor for two years in youth ministry. I, I think I found out at that time, uh, I'm not a really good youth minister, especially junior high. I do not have the patience required for that. But uh, uh, one of the best parts of that period of time we met, uh, at that point, she was Dorothy Dick, who is now Dorothy Jansen, Warren Jansen, the uh, international director of SEND, uh, met his wife. And that started a, a relationship that we have had with Warren and Dorothy for, well, 30, 35 years now. So um, that was the beginning of that. After we finished there, we actually spent the next uh, five years uh, Darlene and her sisters uh, sing together. Uh, they were known then, they still are, I guess, as the Parshower Trio. And we traveled for five years across Canada, U.S., over to Europe. We did that full time. Uh, at the end of that time, we were really just questioning, God, what do you have in mind for us? And uh, one of those, uh, yeah, those times in life where you really wonder, what, what is your life? What's God up to? So we, uh, we moved to Sandusky, Ohio. Darlene has two brothers here, ophthalmologists uh, in town, and they were here. So we moved here just to seek God and seek what was next. And while we were doing that, we started a Bible study. 
and uh, with, I think, six people initially. And that Bible study uh, became a church. And uh, we ended up staying here for 30 years and pastoring that church. Uh, and uh, God amazingly gave increase. Uh, so now that church has three campuses uh, uh, reaching the communities across uh, the north coast of Ohio here. So that was our privilege to be a part of that. We retired from that uh, three years ago. Uh, took about six months to rest, which I'd recommend to anybody after retirement. And uh, then we took 90 days. We, we said, we're going to take a period of 90 days to pray and seek God and, and see what he has for us during this period of, of retirement. Our, our call to kingdom building was certainly not over, although our pastoring was. On the 90th day of those 90 days, Warren Jansen uh, stopped by our house, just came by for a visit, and he said, hey, could would you guys ever be interested in uh, just coming and bringing some encouragement to missionaries in Europe and so on? Uh, we have a saying in our household, I, you know, I said, I'll pay it, pray about it. And Darlene says, well, well you pray, I'll pack. And so uh, <laughs> uh, she was pretty excited thinking of spending some time in Europe again. And so that, uh, uh, that gives you a little picture of, of, how we've ended up doing member care in Europe over the last two years. Wow. That is incredible. I love how you retire and you immediately after a short break pause to, to just ask God what's next. And, and that we, we truly never retire from kingdom building, like you said. And I just, I praise God that you made that decision because, um, for me and, and our whole team, you've already made a huge difference and, and an impact on us that I think does way more than spending the rest of your life on a golf course or at the beach. Um, so I just want to thank you so much for, for your sacrifice and for um, taking on this new role. Well, thank you, Nathan. And uh, the golfing thing, I gave up golfing about 35 years ago and I hit a ball out onto the highway and it bounced into the windshield of a car. And I decided that was probably, <laughs> that was probably the end of my golfing career. <laughs> oh, so, uh, yeah, no, uh, we, we love having more time uh, to be together, but uh, we, we love ministry and we love what we're doing with you guys. It's been a privilege. Mm. Well, could you share with us a little about member care? Uh, maybe, maybe talk about how important it is in order to keep people on the field long term. Yeah, you know, as as I was reflecting uh, about that a little bit, uh, maybe uh, the most uncertain of <laughs> of the questions because uh, we've only been doing member care for two years and doing that part time as volunteers. I remember saying to Philip Jackson. Uh, Europe Regional Director, director uh, saying to him, uh, if you're willing to have a couple of novices who are willing to learn on the job, we can, we can join you in this. But, uh, and, and we're learning so much as we just meet with, with you and with others over there about what it is that you're needing. But the, the bottom line, Nathan, to us is this, uh, life is hard, uh, ministry is hard, raising a family is hard. Um, 
uh, in ministry, you give a lot and you listen to other people a lot and you do a lot and you encourage a lot in leadership, but who is listening to you and who's uh, bringing encouragement to you? Because the truth is, uh, it's going to be really hard to keep the courage up and keep going if we don't have somebody caring for us and listening to us and, and encouraging us. And as we found out in the last two years, maybe that's amplified. Everybody in ministry feels that. But that's amplified in cross-cultural ministry. We're, we're really sensing that where there's, uh, like we say, cross-cultural, there's a lot of isolation, those kinds of things. So uh, I really believe that we all need that. We really need that in ministry and, and people in cross-cultural contexts really uh, need that as well. So we love to, to visit. Uh, it's been our privilege to come over, I think, four times now in the last two years. We're supposed to be there just within the last couple of weeks. Of course, that wasn't possible. Zoom calls, WhatsApp. And then we love uh, every day we take walks and pray for the people that uh, the missionaries that are over in, in Europe. So uh, that's what we're learning so far. Yeah, I know uh, for me, I mean, I, I think for any missionary, the goal is I'm going to be overseas or, or whatever my whole life. And, you know, and you look at the statistics and that simply isn't the case yeah. Be because I don't think anybody can truly understand um, the difficulty in cross-cultural ministry until you get there. Um, and so, like I said, it is so important for, for, for member care. Uh, you, you, you mentioned we're, we're pouring out, but who's, who's pouring into us? And we, we have to, we're responsible for a lot of our self-feeding, making sure that we're, um, getting our, our special time with the Lord each day and um, listening to, to sermons that keep us on fire. Uh, but it, it's, it's absolutely huge when, when we get poured into from, from other leaders who've, who've been through similar stuff that we've been through and can, can just keep our eyes on the, on the target. So, yeah, it, it takes more than ears at listening. It takes hearts and, and we can listen to other things, but sometimes we just need to know somebody cares yes. and their heart is listening as well. So absolutely. Well, uh, you have been in ministry, like you said, for, for what, four, four decades or so. What, yep. what have been a few of the most important lessons you've learned in ministry and leadership? You know, as you're saying that, you've been in ministry like over four decades. I'm feeling really old at this moment. But, but uh, you know, after 50 plus years of ministry, uh, we've learned a lot of lessons. And sadly, I think most of them we've had to learn the hard way. But, uh, and, and I don't know there's any shortcut for that. And I could list probably quite a few. Let, let me give just a couple. Uh, the first one is I, I've been reflecting on this is... Uh, one of the big lessons learned is it's, it's okay to be weak. It's okay to not know. It's okay to feel inadequate. And in fact, uh, more than that, I, I believe it's necessary for ministry leaders to, to come to that point uh, because uh, fruitfulness, success in ministry is not, first of all, built on my strength, but on his. Well, one of the life transforming uh, understandings for me is that ministry is not first of all a gift I give to God it it's a gift he gives to me 
And that came from Ephesians chapter 4, where, where Paul says, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by his power. Uh, ministry happens by God's choice, uh, by God's power, by the gifts that he gives for ministry, and by the fruit he produces. And so if I'm going to get all of those things from God, I, I really need to be dependent on him always in ministry, and, I, and I'm sure, Nathan, we, we all do this. I, I'd be envious of really gifted people. Uh, that happened last week. I was listening to Robbie Zacharias' memorial service. And, oh, man, why couldn't I be Robbie Zacharias? He was so gifted and all of those things. And uh, how much more effective I, I could have maybe been had I had his gifts. Uh, but that's not what God looks for. Um, so the first lesson is he's looking for people really simply willing to depend on him and to do what they do in his strength. And, and that doesn't mean I, I can be lazy. I don't have to put forth any effort. Obviously, Romans 12 says, hey, if, if you've been given these gifts in this ministry, go at it with, with all your heart, with all the energy that God gives. Uh, do the best you can with what you've been given. So uh, that would be the first lesson. Um, uh, another one, Nathan, is one that we've talked about and you even mentioned, uh, which is beware of your shadow mission. Um, we all have our calling, and I, I'm sure for you, for us in ministry, uh, we're pretty clear on, on our calling, on, on what we're called to do, that, that we have been given a, a mission by God, and, and we want to be faithful to that. But... Um, it seems always in the shadows, and I, I don't just think it's seldom. I think it's always in the shadows there's another mission because uh, there's the part of us that God is still transforming. I, I'm 71, and I wish God was finished with me already, that, that I was truly in the image of Jesus. And I realize every day I'm still dealing with stuff, and, and he's still transforming. And... Um, so our, our shadow mission lurks in the shadows of what God still has to do with us, the, the me part of me. The, for instance, I, I believe my shadow mission is uh, wanting people's approval. So yes, I can get up and, and preach uh, a message and, and give the gospel, and I genuinely want to see people know Jesus and, and come closer to Jesus and trust Jesus as they listen to the message. But in the shadows behind that, there's this thing, I, I, I sure hope they like me, and I, and I hope they like my message, and, and I hope they'll commend me for that afterwards. Uh, so I've learned in ministry, I, I have to pray every time uh, I begin to teach or preach. Uh, I had to pray that before we started this podcast. Uh, what, what do I want people to see and to know? Uh, Jesus, I, I want it to be you, and uh, I want to be the one in the shadows. And I, so I pray my shadow mission stays in the shadows and doesn't come out front. But those would be two big lessons. That shadow mission one has been a, a huge one for, for my understanding, especially in the last probably 15 years. Mm. Yeah, those both those lessons are, um, I, I, for, for the shadow mission, you were the first one who mentioned that to me. And um, yeah, I, can, I, I, I think I'm similar where 
uh, I want to be, you know, I'm a people pleaser. And so, um, I really have to, to fight that. And, and also I feel like sometimes the shadow mission, our, our knowledge of the shadow mission prevents us from doing good things because we're afraid of, uh, having impure motives for doing those right things. And so I feel like there's a balance that we, we need to, to take it to the Lord and say, Lord, you know, my heart, you know, that my motives aren't completely pure, but, but help me to, to do the right thing for the right reason. And even when I don't, may you be glorified through it. That, that's so good, Nathan. Thanks for even putting it that way. That, that is absolutely true. If I was going to wait till I was fully clean and pure and ready to, to do ministry, I wouldn't do any. And I'm always grateful for the grace of Jesus in, in all of this. That, that's so good. A good perspective. Thank you. It's the Lord. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, yeah, and then the other lesson you learn, I think... I've still got to learn that. Well, I think it, it kind of comes in cycles when I start feeling like I'm I'm completely inadequate. I don't know what I'm even doing. Um, but that was so encouraging to to hear that that is almost like a requirement for somebody to be used by God is somebody who who knows they can't do it in their own power. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But I I I need to hear that truth many times. <laughs> yeah, uh, the lessons we learn uh, in ministry, I, I'm finding I just don't learn it. And then it's, it's there for the duration. It's constant. I'm mm-hmm. grateful for his patience. That's the other lesson I've learned is that he's very patient with us and still loves us. Absolutely. Aren't we glad for that? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, now I'd, I would love it if you could share with us some of your, your best practices. Uh, I'd love to do that. And, and again, uh, it was hard uh, to think through exactly which ones would be helpful. One um, that's very important to me, and, and I frame it this way, keep an eye on the gauges. Um, we, we can get so immersed in ministry that other parts of our lives lag. And I believe we need to be intentional about, about keeping all of the different parts of our life uh, where they need to be. So something that has helped me, I literally, I, I put on a page, uh, I have four gauges that I, I look at from time to time. Uh, in fact, it's best in ministry when you do it on a regular basis. But the four gauges I have, uh, and you can tell I'm a pastor, these are alliterated. But <laughs> the first one is uh, beloved son, uh, the gauge of my relationship with God, with my heavenly father. Uh, the second one is becoming us. It's the relationship with my family. And uh, the third gauge is building kingdom. It's my relationship to ministry and the ministry I'm involved in. And then the last one is breathing free, uh, the gauge of my relationship to my body and soul and uh, how am I doing there? Um, and so I, I ask myself as I look at those gauges, is one of them redlining? Uh, uh, is one of them lagging? Uh, 
I believe, for instance, in ministry, the building kingdom gauge, we often redline there. We pour most of our time and resources into ministry. It's our passion. But the other three can suffer. Or, or if we're in ministry and have a family at home, maybe the middle two. Uh, becoming us and building kingdom take all of our resources but we don't uh, over the years the one i have struggled with most and several years in the ministry came very close to burnout and and giving up was not enough uh, attention paid to the gauge of breathing free uh, my relationship to my body and soul so uh, that's that's a practice uh, that I have engaged in this, is keeping an eye intentionally on the gauges of my life and evaluating where I am mm. in those areas. Uh, which leads to a second practice then, and I, I think when you were talking with Philip Jackson about this, he alluded to this as well, but including Sabbath in, in our lives. That has to me to do with the, the breathing free part of it, especially. Uh, for me, there, first of all, had to be an understanding of what Sabbath is. And not to get into a long discussion, but I, the home I grew up in tend to be a little more legalistic. I grew up thinking Sabbath was going to church services and napping. And it was the most boring day of the week. Um, and But what I've come to realize that... Uh, what challenged my thinking many years ago and continues to do that is in Genesis chapter one, right off the top, God took a Sabbath. Uh, and it wasn't that he needed a nap. He wasn't tired. What was his Sabbath? It, it was, he looked back and saw that what he had made was good. Sabbath was to enjoy good. And so I've come to understand Sabbath as enjoying God, uh, good. Uh, of course, the greatest good is God himself. Mm. So I want to enjoy God and, and uh, then all the good things that, uh, that are around us that, that, that God has given to us. Uh, one of the great benefits of my marriage to Darlene is her, her ability to enjoy. Uh, one of the neglected spiritual disciplines, I feel, is the discipline of celebration. Mm. Very important all the way through the Old Testament. Take time to celebrate what God has done. They were so good at that, or we're not very good at that. Um, so we, when I was going through the period of burnout, we said, we're not only going to take a day off, but what are we going to do on that day? And specifically, we're going to enjoy God and enjoy good. Mm. And, uh, and so we would start Monday morning breakfast, candles lit. And we'd begin to recount the good that God was doing in our lives and the good he was doing in our church and the good he was doing in our family and go for long walks and talk to each other, enjoy a good meal. I, I love that about uh, Robbie Zacharias's memorial. Uh, it talked about how he loved a good meal. And the first things he wanted to do with people was go out and sample a curry and rate it on a scale. Uh, they, those are good things, creation. Uh, art, music. Darlene always uh, takes her binoculars and her camera when we go on a walk. And uh, uh, she has over 16,000 pictures in her, in her iPhone camera. And not that they're all going to be looked at, but it's, it's really saying, I, I noticed, I saw the beauty, I saw the good, and, and I'll stop and take a picture of it just to make sure I noticed. And uh, I've learned... Uh, you know, we felt that in your home, uh, Nathan, with you and Brittany and the kids. And, uh, when we sat around the table, you encouraged your kids to talk about 
uh, good things that were happening. And, and it was such a happy time around the table, it felt celebration-y. And uh, we remember that uh, from our time with you. So I could go on, but, but those, are, those are two big ones. Keep the eye on the gauges and, and make sure you, you include Sabbath and understand what Sabbath is. It's more than just a discipline. Uh, understand what Sabbath is and, and make that a, a vital part of, of your life. Yeah, absolutely. I like, I like that. Enjoy good, enjoy God. That's so, that's so good. Such a, um, a good guideline as far as when you're thinking about how you're going to spend your Sabbath. We're going to make it about enjoying God, enjoying good. Hmm. Okay, well, uh, wanted to ask about any good books, movies, or music that have been encouraging to you. Oh, boy, you get me going there, Nathan. <laughs> we could be a long time. I, I, I love to read. Uh, I'm a reader, so just starting with uh, with what I'm reading right now. Uh, one of the books I've started actually we're we're reading together, uh, "Gentle and Lowly" by Dane Ortland. Uh, it's a newer book, uh, "The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers." Uh, it, it looks a lot back at the old Puritan writers and so on, brings it into today. But uh, I seldom recommend a book before I'm finished. But I have found I have to go back and reread chapters a couple of time, uh, times. It, it's just beautifully drawing my, my heart closer to Jesus. Um, so I usually don't recommend a book till I'm finished. But that, that is, uh, I, I do highly recommend that one. And at the same time, I'm, I'm reading uh, Eric Metaxas's book, Miracles. And uh, I... Uh, when I was in college, I was a chemistry biology major, and I was on my way to becoming a skeptic. And it was uh, during that time that I met a pastor in a church who helped me see that my faith can be tested. And uh, there are answers to the questions I have. And that was very formative in my coming back to Christ and actually being baptized at that time and deciding to go into, into ministry. So I, I love apologetics, and so I usually have an apologetic book going at the same time. So, and of course, uh, I'm reading a John Grisham novel, <laughs> Camino <laughs> Winds, keeping keeping that side uh, keeping that side going. And uh, we just pulled out an old copy of The Hobbit. Ah, nice. After we were listening to your podcast, we said, okay, it's been a long time. We need to pull that one out too. So that's also sitting on the table here. So fun. But uh, yeah, those are, I love Dallas Willard, his book that uh, is, comes from uh, some of his lectures just before he died, Living in Christ's Presence. We read that last year. Such a good book. Uh, from Weakness to Strength by Scott Sauls, Eight Vulnerabilities That Can Bring Out the Best in Your Leadership. Excellent, excellent book. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be uh, one of my top uh, three or four books that I've read in the last couple of years. So those are a few. Yeah. Okay, I might have to check out a few of those. That's uh, one of the fun things uh, about this podcast is asking those questions, but also dangerous because it means I'm going to be adding a lot, a lot of books to my, my wish list. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why I'm stopping there. So we, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Last question. What brings you joy? You know, Nathan, we, I guess we've talked about 
a lot of the things that, that bring joy already. Um, enjoying God and his good gifts brings great joy as a product of that. Uh, great joy in, in seeing the power of the gospel in people's lives. I, I, I love watching lives transformed by the grace and truth of Jesus. There, there's no greater joy than that. And that's a, a big blessing that's a part of being in ministry when you begin to see that happen. Uh, one last thing in uh, um, the joy is being with, you know, we being with friends, being with family and being with God. Uh, we're, we're built for fellowship and, and just the great joy of being with. So, yeah, th those would be uh, uh, certainly what we've talked about. But those would put some of the, the things that constantly bring great joy. Mm. That uh, reminded me of a, a book called With. Um, I don't know if you've read that. Uh, I have. Uh, okay. that, that would be another top uh, top five book I've read in the last couple of years. Absolutely. Yeah, so Sky good. Zithani. Exactly, yeah. 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 It really, really uh, transformed my time in the Word because it's unbelievable how many times it says that God is with with us or with, with somebody. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're not, we're not working for him. We're working with him. We're, we're doing Absolutely. life with him. Yeah. So good. So mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Great, great book, but even greater understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bill, this has been an absolute joy, uh, to get to, to talk with you and, and hear from your wisdom. Um, really wish that, uh, your trip hadn't been canceled from because of uh -huh. Corona, um, so but one day we'll get to, to be with each other again. Um, I would just ask that you say hello to Darlene for me and for my wife. Uh, we, we miss her, her smile and, and joy, um, so much. And just, just hearing you talk about her, uh, made my, made my heart happier. Um, but yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for your time. You are so welcome. And would you please do the same to Brittany and to Joshua and James and Joy and Julia? How, how uh, Julia and Joy, I need to get them in right order. But uh, uh, love those kiddos. They are, they are so very special. So please, from us to you as well. Okay. Thanks so much again, Bill. You are so welcome. Well, that's all we've got for today. My hope is that we can all draw something good, or a few good things actually, out of what Bill had to share. We should beware of our shadow mission, be sure that we are spending time each week enjoying God and enjoying His good gifts, and finally that there's no such thing as retiring for building up the kingdom of God, that as long as God gives us strength, we should be living for the joy. Thanks so much for listening. Go out and enjoy God. <laughs>